This is Brickwall Cinema with Chance the Riot and Sergio Huezo. And on today's episode, we talk about Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues. Shucks. You can't say that anymore, Sergio. We're going to be playing on live TV. This is broadcast news, man. You can't be saying stuff like that. I can say whatever I want. (laughs) We're getting ratings, man. We need the ratings. We get the ratings. It sweeps week. Exactly. No one cares. Ratings are high. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to Brick Walls. God. <laughs> this is Brick Wall Cinema with Chance. Well, oh. Shucks. Hold on. I already said that. Are you doing the intro all over again? No, I'm just introducing us without the music behind but, us as you would the, on a you, show. You did that in the intro. Yeah, but in new shows, it starts off with the new narrator saying, this is Brick Wall Cinema with Chance Theriot. And then the person that's the host says like, hi, welcome to Brick Wall Cinema. I'm Chance Theriot. And with me today, I got guest Sergio with us talking about Anchorman 2. Now tell us, Sergio, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm tired. Tired from what? I just didn't sleep a whole lot last night. What were you doing? I was worried about my sister. She wasn't feeling well yesterday. Oh, she okay now? Oh yeah, she's fine. Just um, everyone was up late last night. Oh, uh, I slept early. Now actually, that's a lie. I watched the first episode of Has Been Hotel. That's pretty good mm-hmm. so far. I'm gonna finish watching it after we're done recording. I was planning to watch it earlier, but yeah, I finally finished the Adam Eve like uh like episode pilot episode. Before we get into Anchorman, I want to know with Has Been Hotel. Is it you saw the the YouTube show right? The pilot, yes. How was it compared to the show on YouTube? I haven't seen the whole thing, but as far as I can see, the character designs from the from the pilot are are a bit different. There's some slight details missing, slight details that are in that were inserted into the show, and also um in the pilot they didn't really introduce like uh Charlie's uh parents, which were like Lucifer and Lilith, but in the show they do, and they also have it as more of a music and but in this they're both pretty much the same, like really raunchy humor, like pretty smart humor too about like. But a bunch of different topics that pe- that mostly relate to religion and also like morals as well. Uh, let's see. They had changed a few of the voice actors though. Like I can tell with like um, Alistair, the radio demon. His the voice in the pilot was actually a lot more like actually coming out from like an older time radio. Whereas in this one, it's a lot. It's a bit smoother and doesn't sound as like as much with ear interference as there as in the original pilot. And let's see, in the pilot, Charlie actually looks less, actually has less red and is more like a, just like a B.T. Barnum was in The Greatest Showman. I mean, P.T. Barnum. Yeah, P.T. Barnum. Sorry. I get it mixed up sometimes. And let's see, overall, most of them are the same. I just feel like they have a bigger budget and were, went more into detail in the show. Yeah, the two characters I know, like, I could tell. I don't think they were in the original one, but I know the actresses and actors in it. Like, I know... Keith David is in it. He's like the bartender. He played oh, Husker. Yeah, he was Doctor Facilier, the voodoo, the voodoo man in Princess and the Frog, and Stephanie Beatrice. She's like I think her best friend in it. Is that mm-hmm. what she is? Like the one with the X around her eye? It's Vicky, I think. I think that's her name. But no, she's uh, actually her girlfriend. Or at least I think that's how they are on the show. I haven't seen the whole thing yet, quite yet. But in the pilot, they are together in a relationship. Okay, so like, she's voiced by Stephanie Beatrice, who I think is by in real life too. She 
came out like a couple years ago. I remember it's because they made a whole point of it being on Brooklyn Nine Nine that she was by, and she was also in Encanto as Mirabel. Yeah, Mirabel. Yeah, I lost track of time for a minute there. I don't know worries. It's really hard to keep track of that sometimes. She's been in some pretty good stuff though. Yeah, she's awesome. I like her and everything she's in. Yeah, I don't know if they changed anything about the characters' relationships or anything like that in the show, but as far as I know, it's mostly more or less the same. Uh, Vicky and Charlie are in a relationship, and the you can tell a lot about like the, the kind of demon they are actually from the design because the creator, Vizipop, actually said that she wanted their design to convey a lot about who the demon was and how it is, like, if they were human at one point, how they died. You can tell, like, how vicky has this x over her eye and her hair covers that it showed i believe it's shown because the one of the causes of like uh injuries that she had when she was alive or like the cause of her death was was had to do with that spot i believe the x is supposed to indicate they were shot in that place so it's either a fact that she got shot in the in the head right in that spot or something else but the designs actually do convey a lot about the character it's very it's very interesting if you look deep into it okay because she reminded me a lot of poison ivy and harley quinn tv series Oh yeah, she's a lot like that, and a lot like Char- actually, I believe the I believe they are taking in some inspiration from that, even though I believe it came up the pilot came up before that. But I do think they have taken. I do believe that there are some similarities because it's really interesting. It's a really interesting. I just believe that in this one they're a little more animated. I noticed that when I saw a few clips of the Harley Quinn series that the sometimes the frames weren't as expressive as they, as they are in like other animated shows. But overall, I did I did there are similarities, and I do think this will this is going to be like a pretty good interesting story. All right. Well, I'm still going to finish the rest of the episodes. I got to catch up on that and Invincible, but that's for another time. Anyway, thanks for listening to our review for Hasbin Hotel. All right. Later. No, just kidding. <laughs> well, but we talked about that for a while now. Anyway, let's get let's get into the meat of the meat and potatoes. Yeah, meat and potatoes. That's, that was exactly what I was going to say. Thank you for finishing my sentence, Sergio. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm hungry. Let's go. Do you want to eat before we finish, start doing the podcast, or do you want to, do you just want to go with it and just starve? <laughs> uh, that's all right. Let's go. All right, let's go. Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues, the sequel to the 2004 hit Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. It came out 2013, rated PG-13, and some synopsis for the movie is seven Wait, years. the unrated version. <sighs> the movie Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues, Rated P. No, the Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues, came out in 2013, nine years after the original movie. And here's a synopsis for the movie Seven years after capturing the heart of co anchor Veronica Corningstone, played by Christina Applegate, newsman Ron Burgundy, played by Will Ferrell, is offered a chance of a lifetime, a spot on the world's first 24 hour global cable news network. Ron quickly assembles his team Champ Kind, played by David Kushner. Brian Fantana, played by Paul Rudd, and Brick Tamlin, played by Steve Carell. Challenged by his tough female boss, a network owner, and a popular anchor, Ron and his pals must find their own way to the top of the ratings. Uh, let's start with first impression, Sergio. How about you? You go first. We're this waiting. movie, like as you said before, does take the humor of the first one and tries to kick it up a notch. I know that they do a lot more uh, like sideways gags, uh, slideshow gags, or like uh, things that would be prevalent during the eight during the eighties, but just like exaggerated. And uh, honestly, uh, but at first, uh, sometimes actually during the movie, I actually forgot this was taking place during the eighties, even though like it probably should be pretty obvious. And 
let's see. The humor actually was pretty entertaining, more entertaining than the first one. I liked it probably a lot better than the first one. Wow. Okay. I am sort of in the same camp as you, Sergio, where I still love the first movie. The first one was a five out of five for me. I think we just talked about this last week. So I'm still standing where I am about that first movie. This is like, this movie is everything that you wanted to it to be for a sequel for, to Anchorman. Let's just jump into the fun facts for this movie before we get going, okay? This movie put Will Ferrell back on the map after the failure of Land of the Lost four years prior to this movie. Have you ever seen Land of the Lost? Yes. Yeah, you can see why it took a while for him to get back. I thought it was just an actual comedy movie. It wasn't anything serious. It is. That might be the problem. It was just boring. You know, do you know it was based off of an old TV show from the 60s, I believe, or 70s? No. Yeah, that's why I started off with the old Universal logo. What Universal logo? The old school 80s Universal logo. The one with the Earth? With the words Universal over the Earth? The one where it says an MCA company at the bottom of it? Chances came out in 2009. I'm not going to remember that. Oh my god. Okay. That's... Anyway... Did you know that a sequel to Anchorman The Legend of Ron Burgundy had been in plans for several years, but stalled even with Will Ferrell, Paul Rudd, and Steve Carell taking pay cuts to keep the budget down because Paramount Pictures didn't like the numbers and didn't agree to a sequel initially. But however, the studio later decided to greenlight the, to greenlight the sequel. Oh yeah, that's the end of it. Okay. Where did Paul, wait, where was Paul Rudd? Are you kidding me? I don't remember seeing him in here. He's Brian Fantana. Oh, I didn't recognize him with all the hair. This is the second movie where he played the same character, a prominent character, and you forgot that he was Paul Rudd. Yes, because I don't remember him seeing him with all the facial hair and the hair. When I first, when we first saw the movie, I didn't actually know who he was. Wow. Okay. Everything's starting to make sense now with you. No, no offense. I'm t- I'm sorry I said that. I mean, I didn't mean to say that. Did you know that they switched production companies between movies? No. Yeah. So, the first movie was made by. DreamWorks and this one from Paramount but then Paramount acquired DreamWorks in 2006 but despite selling it off later they kept all the movies that DreamWorks's library had before 2011 and ancillary rights including the sequels which means that they can make sequels to movies that came out from DreamWorks before 2011. Did you know that the film was originally conceived as a musical? I think you say something Sergio. I'm thinking. Because I do remember like a few parts where it seemed like it might have gone to a musical. Then there was that whole part where they sung about what they sang about Dobie, favorite character, underrated character, the shark, the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Dobie, the shark. Well, there is there is a in the R rated version of this movie, they had a whole musical number in it. Let me see if I find it. Stay tuned, chance, and we're back. You really gotta get that in order, man. So right, we're, I just show I just show Sergio the the quote unquote gay way song from the R rated version of Anchorman Two, and what do you think of that mo- song, Sergio? Honestly, it's pretty funny, but <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, 
the last part of the song where Brick talks about saying like he would be like Spider-Man and then back to an earlier scene in the film where uh, Ron is with his son and he says that Superman, Spider-Man is a terrible superhero. It reminded me a lot like saying like it kind of feels like they're making jabs at like the Sam Raimi films of Spider-Man and it also felt like uh, specifically that they're making fun of uh, like the fact that J. Joan Jameson is always uh, angry with Spider-Man, which I get because they're news reporters. And Jameson is like, I think the CEO or the boss of the Daily of Bugle. The Daily, Plan- the Daily Bugle, yes. You're gonna say Daily Planet, weren't you? No, Daily. I- it was Daily something, but I didn't remember because I remember it with like. But there's been like so many iterations of it that I forget. Like all all these uh, news things that the superheroes are in. It's always the Daily something, Daily Planet, Daily Bugle, all that stuff. It's mainly those two. Anyway, I want to try talking about the ratings for this movie because they have different. They're gone awful. Not those ratings, Sergio. <laughs> but you just admitted they exist. I'm going to get to that. Hold that thought. Put a pin in it, okay? So the ratings I'm talking about are the different versions of this movie that have different ratings in it. First, we got the PG-13 theatrical cut. Second, we got the unrated cut on DVD and Blu-ray. And we got the supersized R-rated version with 763 more jokes, including a, a song number. And I made a unanimous decision for me and Sergio to watch the unrated cut because I believe that that's the best version of this movie. They don't have... You know what unanimous means, right? Yes, we all agreed. But you said you made that decision. I made a decision for us to make a unanimous decision. That's not a unanimous decision. That's you making the decision. No, I had the idea to make it a decision, which, which makes us unanimous. I'm making, I had the idea saying, hey, let's make no, it unanimous. unanimous is when everyone agrees to do that, but you're the one who made the decision. Yeah, That's not I unanimous. had the I, decision to make the decision to be unanimous. So I made the idea saying, hey, we should make you it can't unanimous. can't decide for everyone to be unanimous. That's yes, not you can. <laughs> I can't tell if you're making a sound effect or not because I can't hear them. I'm not making a sound effect. I'm just letting you sit with that stupid comment. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't make everyone be unanimous they have to decide to be unanimous like I had an idea to where we can make a result based off on a unanimous decision there's always a choice to make things unanimous it doesn't have to be unanimous to make the decision you need to start off by someone having an idea saying, but if it's hey, not unanimous then it's not unanimous it is unanimous but you said that it, you can make it unanimous even if it isn't unanimous it was but that un- contradicts it it was unanimous after I made it unanimous you can't make something unanimous yes it was Look, so give maybe play it out for you. the same thing as saying like Norman Osborn said that it was a unanimous decision for him not to leave, even though they said it was unanimous for him to leave. Oh my that god, that makes it that makes it contradictory. We're in different wavelengths right now, Sergio. What I'm saying is that I had the idea of choosing this movie because making this a unanimous decision to choose this movie. So I'm saying, hey, let's make it let's choose unanimously together. To make this the movie we watch, the version we watch. I'm not saying I unanimously chose a movie. No, I said I unanimously, unanimously, wait, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. I'm going to let you sit with that stupid comment for a second. (laughs) You're not going to unanimously vote on sitting, choose another thing? Hold on. I'm had to sit here and think about it unanimously. You're going to say you're going to you're taking it unanimously. I said I'm a unanimous, which is not unanimous. Which, but you're saying that you're saying that you decided to make it unanimous, which makes it unanimous. Yes. Wait. No. Hold on. Unanimous, as in I'm. I'm not gonna. This is the last time I'm gonna say this, Sergio. What a tangent. Anyway, 
So the unrated version, I thought that that was the best of both worlds where we got more jokes in the original one and also not as many jokes where it's like, okay, we get it. Go to the next joke with the R-rated version. Sure, there are things we might have missed between both cuts that might have been really good, but I think we can just find those on YouTube if we want to look at the better jokes. There's like a whole like hour and a half long video on YouTube showing all the extended scenes in the movie. So basically just an entire movie. No, different shots and different takes of the movie. It's an hour and a half, so it's almost like a, it's pretty much a movie. This movie is two hours long, dude. The version yeah. we saw was two hours long. The R-rated one is two and a half hours long. The first I'm not saying that it's hours. the movie. I'm saying that it's like a movie because of how long it is. Most movies are like at least an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah. Anyway, let's go on to the next trivia fact. Do you know that the sequel was originally going to involve the news team becoming stranded on an island after a plane crash and having to fight off a horde of shuriken-yielding orangutans? Another idea involved the news team battling grizzly bears. I know you're going to say just, that happened in the first movie. I was going to say that happened in the first movie, but what were you going to say? I was going to say that sounds like an SNL skit. Well, surprise, surprise, sir. There was a lot of SNL cast members in this movie. Like Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig, they're, in, they're on SNL. Well, there's your fun fact. That's another fun fact. D- did you know? Did I know what? No, I'm, I'm not. No, I'm going to skip it. Did you know that Marion Cotillard, she played a French-Canadian, the news anchor, she was drinking laughing clown malt liquor at the end of the fight brawl scene. Which one? She was the French Canadian one next to Jim Carrey. Okay. Do you know what that's a reference to? No. In Talladega Nights. That was the sponsor for the first car in the beginning of the movie, which is literally a laughing clown because they're the laughing stock of NASCAR. I thought they had a tiger on there. Or was it a cheetah? A po- you mean the puma at the end of the movie? Oh, yeah. The, wait, it was a puma? Yeah. Well, no, it was a cougar. It's a cougar. Oh, cougar. Yeah, because like, that's a, that's a cougar. cougar in a car. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a cougar in a car. I'll put it in there. <laughs> uh, we should do a whole Will Ferrell month. We just talk about Will Ferrell movies. That won't, that won't get old. Oh, okay, next up. In an interview with Empire Magazine... Co-writing director Adam McKay confirmed that he had no plans for a third film, which I am fine with, honestly. I feel like he came out of hiding. It, it makes more sense when I tell you that he made this movie because Paramount wanted him to make another Anchorman movie, and he said, I'll do it if you let me do the big short, which is another movie he wanted to do. So, and also feel like he had a plan for the sequel anyway, since the first one came out. At least say an O or something, Sergio, like, oh, wow. It could even be fake. I won't tell. Well, no, because you told me all this before. No, I told you that he directed a big short. I didn't tell you that this is because he was able to make Anchorman 2. No, you told me that he was uh, thinking about making an Anchorman 2. Okay. Well, this is not the first time that Wolf Ferrell in a movie gifted lingerie to a guy named Walter. Can you guess the other time he did it? Oh, his father. Yeah. <laughs> Was that before or after this? This is way after. This when is 2014. Elf, like, released? Elf came out in 2003. 2003? Yeah. So 10 years. Yeah. Wait. Hmm. Yeah. Is it me or does he look older and like way older than that? Or is that just me? That's just you, man. He looks pretty old. No offense, Wolf or Elf, if you're listening. He looks, I don't he, think he, he listens to these kind of reviews, but, but we're big fans anyway. Yeah, we're big fans. Please have us on, our movie, on your movie, please. What movie? I don't know any movie. Like, what movie could we possibly be in? 
at least put us on a phone or a dice sketch, please. We we can act. No, we cannot. I can act. No, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be there standing in the background, just falling asleep. You're gonna be over there doing dance moves or something spontaneous. That's what I know of. Yeah, probably. Did you know that this is one of a handful of sequels to perform better with both critics and audiences than its predecessor? No, it did not. Anchorman 1 actually grossed $85 million upon release and has 66% of Rotten Tomatoes by critics, respecting ratings respectable for a silly comedy movie, whereas a film grossed $127 million domestically as, and also has a 75% Rotten Tomatoes rating for the sequel. Yes, it did better with critics, and the sequel didn't make money, but I saw the percentage on the second one it did worse with audiences. I was not expecting that. Well, because it's sort of different. It's if you compare, like, compare the two, it's sort of like night and day a little bit because like with the first one it was like a silly comedy movie this one has like it has more of a message towards it like what message because there's a lot of things going around it wasn't like, exactly clear with what the message was or not really like that man like, with the first one I feel like it was just things happening just to happen like the story, main point of the movie was that veronica and news anchors coming in and disrupting the whole like ratings like the whole news then the whole anchorman thing going on like we have a new um, Veronica Corso want to be first female anchor on on new on the news. So that's already shaking things up. But in this one, and that's mainly the whole movie. But in the sequel, we have a lot more going on. It felt more weighted than the other one. How so? Well, off the top of my head, I could say like we already have them as a couple. Then they break up, and they already have they have a kid now. So that's also added to the story. And we also got him down on his luck, back to his back to. Like his beginnings of San Diego, screwed up, day drinking and sexually assaulting starfishes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sea rolled. <laughs> I'm not sure if we should be laughing at that, but it's funny. It's funny because he just out of nowhere saying, Guess what, Trevor? Last night I came over here early and I sexually assaulted a starfish. <laughs> Oh man, why does it remind me so much of like the boys with like the deep? <laughs> oh god, why did it bring that up? Because it's the same thing. It's really not. We don't see it with this movie. It's implied though. Uh, anyway, then he has the offer to, to go to GNN to do it for a 24-hour news channel, which people are really skeptical about because 24-hour news hasn't been done, which is basically a... Uh, uh, what? 24-hour news hasn't been done before. Like a channel that's never off. It's a new thing in the 80s. Oh, okay. Then wouldn't the whole point of this movie kind of show like the transition from how news was back in the day to how it is now? It is. You didn't realize that? No, that's that's what I thought. So isn't that the whole point of the movie? It is, but there's also subplots of things that have more weight on them than the last movie. Cause, yeah, they're treated you... as if they have more weight. Yeah, they do. Like what has more weight? Like it's not... When I put weight into it, I don't mean more emotional. I'm saying more of a ground, like a like a reality basis of it in a, in a way. Where yeah, they can you have mean a lot more of, grounded. Yes, like once he comes back to the newsroom, he first thing he does, like after he gets his job and settles in, he goes see his wife, finds out that she's that she's seeing someone that might be psychic, and <laughs> tries to reconnect with his son reluctantly. But, reluctantly, yes, and. Going to go see, and then hooking up with his boss, his black boss, which he instantly keeps on repeat, which he repeatedly keeps on saying that she's black, which I don't know why that got me laughing every time. Black, you're black. Jesus, just stop. 
I'm terribly sorry. I don't know why I can't stop saying black. The word black. Hello, Mr. Burgundy. Black. Especially Brick saying, a black man follows me everywhere. Uh, Brick, I think that's your shadow. I named him Leon. <laughs> um, then we have the whole thing with the owner of the news company not wanting to push news that might hinder his business because he owns both the company and both the news company and also the airline that they're he focusing both, he on. He owns shares in both. He owns shares in, in another company that would be tanked if he reported news about it being faulty. Yes, which brings up the idea of how can you have a news news channel as really be revolutionary, but not want to bring out one of the most important news stories because it, it will hurt you, which that's already an interesting concept at first. And we also have Jack Lame or Jack Lime or I'm not going to say the other word because it might be kids. You changed his name a lot. Yeah. Played by James Marsden. Basically Cyclops from X-Men. Yeah, James Marsden. And he, like, once he makes... He trips Ron Burgundy on the ice rink. He goes blind and makes you know he's Which like... makes no sense. What do you mean makes no sense? Him tripping makes him blind. Yeah. That's not how ice work. Well, he fell on his face. You never fell on your face before? Yeah, but I don't want to test to see how, how hard I have to fall down to make me blind, though. You don't have to fall down that hard. It's a comedy, man. I know. That's what's, that's what's funny about it. It's supposed to push the story along, Sergio. I know. That's what makes it funny. <laughs> You're making it seem like he tripped and then got blind. Yes. That's exactly what happened. His but, skate got caught on a cord and he fell. He, and no. he became blind. He was spinning in the air, though, Sergio. You forgot that he was spinning in the air. Then he landed and then his skate got caught on the cord. But that was a lot of force. You never fallen down while ice skating? No. Yes, but no, that's a lie. <laughs> so have I. It does not cause you to go blind. I haven't fell on face first though. I don't want to know. So you're saying falling face first while ice skating will make you blind? I don't know. I'm not a a skater. I'm a roller skater. <laughs> and I can. T it's the same thing. <laughs> it's really not. One's ice cold. The other one is just a ground. So you think that being it being ice cold is gonna make you blind? Probably. No, that's not how that works. If that were true, then people who have lived in ice in places where it heavily snows and constantly falling down would go blind all the time. It might. That's not how that works. Have you ever ice skated before? Yes. How recently? Uh, that was a few years ago. Well, you try again and try falling on your face and tell me if you get blind. Get back to me on that. Do it again. Why? Um... Exactly. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, then he, he's all alone, has to reconnect with his family in the lighthouse. He aggressively rubs his shins in the morning. <laughs> I can't even masturbate. Why? One morning I spent 20 minutes aggressively rubbing my shin, wondering where's the sensation? Where's the pleasure coming? You rubbed your shin thinking it was a penis? I know you think I'm stupid, don't you? No. The weirdo who lives in the weird lighthouse in the middle of nowhere. Ron, it was your choice to live in a weird lighthouse. <laughs> because he's blind. <laughs> he can't tell ketchup from like a like a bourbon, I don't know, some kind of alcohol until he like he drank half the bottle. <laughs> Let me He can't tell a wooden like sort of thick wooden plate from a waffle. Clearly wouldn't know him halfway through eating it. 
Are you not hearing? He's blind. <laughs> oh. oh my uh, yeah, god! Through all that, he managed to take care of a shark with his son, named Dobie. Yes. First, first, she he wanted to name it Crackers. Then he's then his Ron was like, "No, that's stupid. Name it Dobie." You know, I want to say something about that kid. Nothing against the kid, but I don't think he was the best. I felt a little off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's just because of how young he was. Hi, Dad. Thanks for the present. But uh. I thought it fit well with like the whole fact like it's just an over-exaggeration of how things were in the 80s, so it just really didn't bother me that much. Also, he was in that many scenes. Oh, yeah. But it was a prominent point in the movie, though. It was a prominent point, but it wasn't like a prominent like part of the movie. More or less, it was just more or less of just like a developing of Ron's character. Overall, that's about it. And then Dobie comes back. How do we know that was Dobie, though? Because Ron would know Dobie. <laughs> How would he? He was blind when he was taking care of him. Oh, got yeah. you there. <laughs> got you there. I, I got you. So then why does Baxter call him Dobie? Oh. I guess I got you there then. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh god. I guess you're right. It must not be Dobie, but then why did Baxter call him Dobie? You know <laughs> You know what? <sighs> Go fly kite. Next up, after that he gets there he gets he goes back to the newsroom and he gets greeted by everyone like saying, Welcome back. Turns out that, like, once he's about to come back on the air, he gets offered his big job, but also found out that he has a recital to go to for his son. And we're well, not really him... offered a big job. It's more like just a story that's happening right now that he, they want him to do so that he can make his big comeback. That's what I meant. So he's tied between, do I go help my career or go help me, go help me be a better dad? Which leads to, I believe, is it your favorite scene, Sergio? Because I think it's one of my favorites. The big fight scene they have outside the studio? Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite scene. <laughs> it's okay. basically just like the same thing as uh, with all the news, all the news channels back in the first one, except this one, it's all the news networks. Yeah, and I got a list of the cameos that were in that scene. So let me just run them off to you and see if you any of them catch your eye. Kirsten Dunst as Eutronius of the Clouds, the Valkyrie-like goddess of battle. She was... I'm not sure that's what that is. Because Ares is a is a god of battle of war. She's a goddess of battle though. She was Mary Jane in Spider Man one, two, and three, the original ones. Next, we got Jim Carrey and Marion Cotillard as the Canadian anchors. I only know Jim Carrey. Of course you do. Duh. Uncultured. Now we got John C. Riley as the Ghost of Stonewall Jackson. <laughs> Can we not downplay the fact that that's the Ghost of Stonewall Jackson? He was also in Step Brothers and Talladega Nights. We also got Liam Neeson as the head of the History Channel. I just find it funny that they got like the like this well-established serious actor to play a news reporter for a History Channel. It just it just seems like it almost seems like irony. Well, he does a lot. He's not only a like he he does a lot of, like mediocre movies too, too Sergio. So Sergio, don't forget about that. He he's not. No, really... I know that. I know that. It's just that it feels funny that he was picked for that role. It just seems like it just seems like fitting. 
and like hilariously fitting. It's a void, isn't it? Yes. What do you think I was referring to? We also got Will Smith as an ESPN reporter. <laughs> with a lisp. He has a lisp? Yeah, he has a lisp in that scene. You don't you don't you didn't catch on to that? No, I didn't catch on to that. I shouldn't make a point about that. I think I have a lisp when I speak on here. I can't tell though. It's my voice. I can't really tell. I I didn't hear any lisp. Let me see if I could pull it up. Without Scott Riles and the incredibly polite Canadian news team. Yeah! Uh, the speaking Quebec news. The real voice of Canada. Give it a rest, eh? Give me a break. Oh yeah, there's a whole political thing about that. What? Uh, yeah, there's a whole political thing about that because the French technically conquered like Canada, and they didn't really leave. So like they have like a kind of like a political thing where they believe, where some people believe that they are French, some people think that Canada is its own sovereign country, but they're like still connected to Canadian to French roots. It's like a whole thing. Oh, welcome to Brickwall kinda history, like how, everyone. Kind of like how is uh with like um Ireland and the uh, and Britain, where like the uh, Ireland wants to be its own country, but it's still technically under like a Britain like government. Oh, okay. I think I pulled pull it up right now. Here it is. Jeff Bullington, ESPN All Sports. Tonight's play of the day is me extracting your spine from your dead body. Holy. Never mind. I'm sorry, Will Smith. Please don't. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I didn't. He doesn't sound like I was, he doesn't sound like I have to lift. I'm sorry, Will Smith. Please, please, please don't attack me. Please don't attack me. We all know oh, you will. Uh, you mentioned that he is actually one of the more intimidating ones of actually this this scene. <laughs> like we're the most intimidated by him. He has a walkie telling him to like has access to a plane to put bombs on. Of course, he's scary. He also has a bat with him. Actually, I think it's a jet that has like a gra- like a Gatling gun. Oh yeah. Well, also, I hope he's. This is a dead joke already. I know we're being a dead horse right now, but we all know he's just the most. I think second most violent person on that field right now. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> and we all know what he can do without a bat. Anyway. You know, this actually got me curious. What if we had like a bunch of actors who could actually fight all in this kind of same scenario? What do you mean, like a? celebrity death match it's something like that where they just like where it's a similar thing to this movie where a bunch of actors saying like we're now the top action hero actors and there's just a bunch of like action hero cliches that happen all over the battlefield it would just be funny but i think we're talking about the expendables oh yeah true but i would think uh like if they all fight each other instead of falling alongside each other i feel like it would be just as hilarious like celebrity death match Celebrity Deathmatch is a thing? Yeah, it's on MTV a couple like in the early two thousands, I think or early nineties, they had I mean I've heard about something similar to a celebrity deathmatch, but I never heard of this. I think the only thing I ever saw close to it was like the early episode of like Death Battle where they had like uh Justin Bieber versus uh I don't I don't know the name of the singer, but it was like on early version of Dead of Dead Battle. It was hilarious and also overly exaggerated. Yeah, it was stop motion animation. Um, it wasn't stop motion. No, celebrity deathmatch. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was all stop motion animation. Like, has one one character celebrity pit against the other one in a in a boxing ring. Oh, just like Mike Tyson versus like a I don't know that old woman in a in um in a Family Guy. Oh yeah. Come here, young man. I'm gonna bop you one. She's getting beat. No, she's getting mad. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't understand. She keeps on getting up. <laughs> no, she's getting mad. 
<laughs> you're going down, young man. You're going down. <laughs> is, that the, is that the episode where Stewie keeps beating up Brian, Brian yes. asking where is, where is his money? Yes. Ah! Yeah, that hurt. Ah! That hurt. What the hell? Yeah, it feels so good, does it? Ah! No. Yeah. Huh? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, memories. I kept getting confused because I was like, Brian, why don't you just give him the money? And it's like, do you not have the money? Where's the money? <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and we also got Yay or Ye as MTV host. What? Ye or Yay? You mean Kanye? He likes to be called Yay now. Oh, I'm not gonna call him that because I don't know what that means. That's his name, Sergio. You're not gonna call somebody their name? That's his actual name or his new stage name? Well, that's the stage. I'm, that's his name on IMDb. I don't know what that is. Like, if I pull up Yay, if I type in Yay on Google, I swear to you, the first thing that's going to come up, yep, Kanye. Yee. Yee. Why doesn't, did Yee formerly Kanye West replace his teeth with titanium dentures? Oh, that was a day ago. Wait, no, it's not. That was a couple months ago. No, it says right here, one day. Oh, wait. No, shut up. No, it doesn't say one day ago. I'm cutting this all out. But yeah, Ye's MTV host. I'm looking at a different post. Kanye West debuts middle teeth. What the hell? Alrighty then. Wait, is it, are they like uh, like retainers? Like how some people do? Like where they where they have like uh, caps on their teeth? Or is it like implanted? I think they have to be. Mm. Anyway. I don't get why people do that. We also got Vince Vaughn as West Mantooth of Channel 9 News. He was in the first movie. Oh, yeah, he came back. I'm not really sure why. He had to be back in this one. Why not? He's Him and Will Ferrell are, are, are buddies. True. Wait, what other movies has he appeared in with Will Ferrell? The Internship, Wedding Crashers, Starsky and Hutch, just to name a few. Anchorman and Legend of Ron Burgundy. That's a lot. That's four. Well, I'm sorry they don't have their old filmography synced up with each other, Sergio. No, but him and the other guy do. John C. Riley? Yeah. Not really. They have like a few movies together. They had the Anchorman 2. They have... Wasn't he in the Lost Island? Which one? Lost Island. Lost Island? You, no, the bad one that they had, it had been like four years before this one. What are you talking about? We talked about it earlier in this podcast. Talladega Nights? No, that was... I'm talking about the, ba- about the bad movie. The one with the dinosaurs and the lizard people. Oh, Land of the Lost. Yes. Yeah, no. That you're thinking of Danny McBride. That was Danny McBride? Yeah. Right, right, right. It's huh. sometimes shocking how many people you know. You know, you know despite how good friends these guys are, they actually aren't in a whole lot of movies together. Yeah, but they're like in a trilogy of movies together. Like, they, they have kind of like Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, and Holmes and Watson. They're sort of like a trilogy together in a way. Because I think all three of them start off with quotes, too. Quotes? Yeah. And Talladega Nights, the only one I remember is Talladega Nights when he says, like, life is all about speed, hot, burning, something speed, and said by Eleanor Roosevelt, even though it was a, it was a joke quote. And I think the third one, like, Holmes and Watson had a quote from Miley Cyrus. But anywho, we also got Sasha Baron Cohen as a BBC reporter. You may know him as Borat, or in Talladega Nights as John Gerard, I think. German racer, right? Is he German in that movie? He's French. 
French. Wait, French? Yeah. Because he always, he, remember he pulled, he grabbed Will Ferrell and put him on a pool board saying, just say I like crepes. And he also endorsed his, his sponsors, Perrier, which mm. is a French drink. And also the whole argument saying what America has that French didn't. That no, French that was just didn't. everything they were talking about. Like how like they had like great food, but all that food is born from other cultures. Bottom line is he was French in that movie. Next up, we got finally Tina Fey and Amy Poehler as entertainment news anchors. And you know, you know Tina Fey, she was in Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. And Amy Poehler, she was in Parks and Rec. And also Mean Girls as Regina George's mom. Which one? In the 2004 one. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. What? You, got, you better speak on why you just said that, Sergio. Because I just think about the dog biting her nips. <laughs> it's funny, but it's just disgusting. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes, it's the only thing I can think about when I think about to the first one. It's just like it's just they zoom That's in the only on it too. They focus of? so much on it. It's like, look away from that, please. Just stop it. That's the only thing you can think of. We think of Mean Girls Southern Four. Yes, that and also her walking into the, her daughter actually making out regress- aggressively on the bed, then her going out and saying like, "Just let me know if you need any condoms." Wow. Okay. I think we should talk about our favorite quotes in a movie, I think. I got I three of them. Any. Okay, I'll just say my quotes then, because Sergio doesn't have any favorite quotes. So I'll give you context. It was at the beginning of the movie with her, after Harrison Ford gives Veronica Cornerstone the offer for a nightly news. Oh, wait, we and... forgot to see him during the battle. He was also in the battle. He turned into a were-hyena. But he's not a cameo, though. He was already in the movie. Exactly, but he is still technically a cameo, because he only shows up for that one, for that one scene, and also earlier in the movie. Well, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that one, Sergio. So when he and when they walk off, when they walk back home, saying "I forbid it," and it's like, "You forbid it? Who do you think you are, Julius Caesar?" And Ron Burgundy says, "Who the hell is Julius Caesar? You know I don't follow the NBA." It's yeah. <laughs> a perfect line. And also the other one is when they are getting ready to report the news at the beginning. He says, "The tooth fairy's exposed breasts made the child uncomfortable." And the last one is when Ron Burgundy sees Jack Lime for the first time, he says, I bet poop smells like sandalwood. <laughs> I just instantly think of Super Pets. Oh, right. Is that, even, <laughs> is that the exact same joke from... Yes, it's the exact same. They say it smells like sandalwood. Wow. Super Pets and got you, some you, to you, do. I remember because you told me about it saying like you never saw a poop joke come back and pay off. Because when he actually does, it does smell like sandalwood. They say it, it smells like sandalwood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about Super Pets. Uh, mm. Pretty good movie. Pretty good movie. All right. Let's, let's wrap up this long review for this movie with our ratings. Well, it's going to be long after you edit it. It might not actually be that long. Oh, no. I'm keeping a lot of this in. All right. Let's go with our ratings. I gave this. Four and a half stars out of five. It's not the original, but yet it does a lot of new things in a movie, like to where I feel like it felt necessary to release this movie. Where it's like it's a pointless sequel, just rehashing jokes from the original movie. Even though some of the versions of the movie are certain shots, they have things going on like callbacks to other scenes from the movie. But besides that, it is very focused on 
been doing new jokes, new things. Even if they don't hit all the time, there's another one right behind it to catch the rebound in a way. So I'm sticking with four to five stars. Four and a half, four and a half out of five stars. What about you, Sergio? I was tempted to give it like the same reading as I did the first one, which is like a four out of five. But I do admit like some of the jokes are pretty good. And there are scenes that I liked more than in this one than I did in the first one because the jokes just seemed to hit better, I guess. Mostly because they didn't focus so much on gross humor where it was just like really random humor, which was funny. So I would say about the same thing, a four point a four point five out of five. Wow. We finally reached a middle point. No, reached a middle ground. A common ground. Common ground. That's what I meant. Yeah. All right. So we got 4.5 out of 5 for both me and Sergio. And we're going to wrap up today's episode with that. Where can I find you, Sergio? Right here on Brick Watson. You can find me at Chance the Riot on Instagram and X. I don't know why, but there was a long pause. <laughs> and you can find Brick Wall Cinema on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube, Instagram, X. Spotify, and others. Have a cinematic day. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. And be sure to subscribe to our channel and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, X, and TikTok at Brick Wall Cinema. Have a cinematic day. Children! <laughs> All right, later, bye. All right. <laughs>